Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 31 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. This week, I talked to Ariel from The Blonde Files. Now, her life may look insta-perfect now, but this is definitely not what it used to be. From her YouTube videos, her blog, her website, her Instagram, and even her cookbook, you would have never guessed that Ariel's recovery journey was so intense. Ariel walks us through her journey to sobriety, what that looks like, what she overcame, and how she's living her life today. Such a great story, and Ariel is actually celebrating five years of sobriety today. How amazing is that? So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Ariel. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hi. Um, I have a little confession to make. Like your Instagram makes me A, want to go shopping, B, (laughs) like cook, like actually bake things because your food looks absolutely amazing. And then like C, workout. (laughs) in that order or (laughs) in in that order literally in that order (laughs) well then then i'm doing my job if i you know as if i'm influencing then i guess that's what i'm here for (laughs) yeah absolutely so you are like would you i know this is kind of like i don't know it's kind of like almost a dirty word now because it's i feel like it's overused so much and people just kind of disregard it as like a hobby or just like oh it's like it's just Instagram or whatever but you would you consider yourself an influencer um it's you know it's funny my husband the other day was like what would you call yourself like what you're Mm -hmm. doing because he just understand any of it you know he's of a different generation so (laughs) um you know if I had to label it like I guess I guess influencer is kind of like a good umbrella term nowadays. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't know. Some people feel like it's maybe a little bit derogatory because, um, well, because it feels like anyone can do it, but you can't like, it's a job. It's a full-time job, like content. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I think content creator would be a little bit more accurate maybe, but I think, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, if someone is, is an influencer, they're also a content creator. Um, yeah. It's crazy how much work it is and it's non-stop all hours of the day and night. And, you know, I'm so, I'm so lucky because I, I absolutely love it. Um, I love getting to be creative and connecting with people all over the world that I wouldn't normally connect with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. And especially with like (laughs) stories and stuff, like you can literally be on 24 seven if you, if you choose to, how do you, how do you find a balance? You know, I, I'm kind of still finding my way with it because I didn't make the switch to influencing. I'm, I'm doing air mm-hmm. quotes right now um, I know. <laughs> until, <laughs> until last summer. Um, up until that point, okay. you know, I was working in behavioral health and then I kind of had this Instagram as like a side project. And I just got to the point where, you know, I couldn't be, I was working with, you know, people in recovery and their families and I couldn't Mm -hmm. be doing that like 80% and then doing my, my Instagram 20%, you know, it just didn't feel right to not give all of myself in that line of work. Um, so, so yeah, I made the switch in the summer and it was kind of a gradual thing. And, and at that time I really imposed limits on myself where I would like post in the morning and mm-hmm. then try to stay off it. But nowadays, I mean, with stories, you really can't stay off Instagram. No. Um, it's definitely there, addicting. There are, yeah. And I mean, if you are trying to grow your following, which I think everybody is, um, right. Way the algorithm works now, you know, I think you have to be constantly doing stories so that it it moves you up so that more people see you and then you want to get on explore and it's just like there's a whole method to the madness. Um so now, you know, I still try to plan out kind of my week in content. So okay. I'm not wake in the morning like, hmm, what am I gonna post today? Like I have a plan. Um and I have an assistant who's like a super millennial. <laughs> She's oh, awesome. like in her twenties and like was raised in this environment, which I wasn't, you know, and this is and she yeah. knows all of these little tricks and she's like, You need to get a content calendar and plan this and that. And so that's been really helpful. Oh my God. So yeah. hire so those like, damn I, kids while they know everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. It's been such a blessing. I like God, because I have no idea. And I started a YouTube and I don't know how to do all that stuff. Um, oh my God, that's so, great. Yeah, so I, I plan my content ahead of time and then, you mm-hmm. know, I'll do stories and stuff throughout the day. But, and I try to respond to people and interact with, with the community. So it is yeah. really hard to balance um, when you're trying to be engaged. So, yeah. you know, it's still something that I'm figuring out. But, um, Okay. Yeah, I, I don't still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone is. I mean, it's like a, a learning curve. I I feel like Instagram's just like throwing new things at us on the daily. So that's fun. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. It's like you constantly have to have to keep up. Yeah. Always changing. (laughs) Totally. But you have like such great, like quality content. Like you're offering, like you're not just posting like cute pictures. Like you are giving information. You have a backstory and you have a cookbook. Like you're, you're not just a pretty face. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you, you actually know what you're talking about. So I wanted to go back to, to, you said you were in behavioral therapy, correct? Yeah. Behavioral health. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you are also in recovery yourself. I am. Amazing. It's actually, it's kind of like interesting timing that we're doing this podcast because in two days I will have five years sober. (gasps) So. Oh my God. Amazing. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thank you. That is huge. That is huge. Yeah, Um, I know. Can you, can you walk us through like your whole story? Like how you came to recovery, like where you grew up, what, what happened? Like, can you, can you give us a lowdown? So I grew up in Rhode Island. Um, and I had a really, really normal upbringing. My dad was a doctor. My mom was a stay at home mom. We had the golden retriever. I went to private school. You know, it's like all mm-hmm. very picturesque and, um, totally. you know, I, I had a lot of opportunity and I, you know, when I look back and, and sometimes think about like where, how it all started and, um, some people have significant things in their childhoods and, and environmental mm-hmm. factors and genetic factors. And I have none of those. Um, okay. So I, I started drinking maybe senior year of high school. Okay. And it was kind of like, like I didn't know how uncomfortable I felt until I had that first sip of alcohol and felt so freaking good mm, <laughs> you hear yeah say, like they took a drink and it was like oh all of a sudden they felt relaxed and at ease and and comfortable right. with themselves with others and that was like very much the case for me um you know i always was popular and i had a lot of friends and i had a lot of interests and i did well in school but mm. i think i on the inside i did always feel a little bit separate from my peers, you know, I just felt like I was just a little bit like a, a beat off from everybody else. Um, okay. but I didn't really, you know, I, I see that now in retrospect, obviously at the time, you know, I, I right. identify that. Um, so I started drinking and for me, it was like <laughs> from the get go, I did uh-huh. not react normal to alcohol. I was like, okay. Black and you know, waking up in cars and oh no um, yeah like you know people say it was like fun and then fun with problems and then just problems yeah i kind of started between fun with problems and problems <laughs> like it was oh, okay um, right on. <laughs> i like right over to that point and um and i was also in a relationship at the time that was very manipulative and mm emotionally really distressing and um it was just kind of like a perfect storm and and so like i just really fell in love with alcohol and it was amazing because all of my aspirations and and 
you know, ambitions just kind of went out the window and alcohol mm. became my, my priority and, and partying, you know, I called it partying and just yeah. feeling that feeling of ease and comfort and closeness with other people. And, you know, I just, I became addicted to that. And, um, you know, I started drugs at the same time and drugs were part of my story and they really, okay. they really enhanced my drinking though. That's kind of what it came down to. You know, I was a blackout drinker. Okay. So there were substances that I could use that enabled me to drink without blacking out. And, um, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So gave you that, yeah, buffer. you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. so yeah, it was, it was a problem out of the gate. Um, mm -hmm. and I won't get into too much detail. I, I went to college for a semester, but mm -hmm. it, at that point I was, you know, into my addiction and I was also addicted to the guy that I was with. And oh, so I didn't. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. I left and I, I went back and he and I broke up and I got really, you know, I, I could not cope. And, um, I ended up getting a DUI and I think I was okay. like 19 and, you know, it was terrible. I was blacked out and I almost hit a police car head on on the <gasps> wrong side of the road. And like, no, um, yeah, <sighs> I mean, it was bad. And, and Jesus, I think that by that point, you know, I had been waking up in hospitals and not knowing how I got there. And so it was, you know, I, they say that like, we have an allergy of the body and, a, mm -hmm. you know, and an obsession of mind. And I was obsessed and I was absolutely allergic. You know, I could not use alcohol normally. Um, right. So I got the DUI and I went to rehab. That was my first rehab. And uh, okay. I wasn't I just wasn't, yeah, I was in total denial and I kind of felt like I was doing what everyone else my age was doing. I just was getting the combination mm. wrong. You know? I was just like, I'm just, I just need to, you know, not drink hard alcohol or. Right. Yes. Or, you know, I just felt like I was doing it wrong. Like it wasn't yeah. a problem. I just had to figure out the right <laughs> amount. Um, oh my God. I totally, totally relate to that. Or I would blame it on like, I was doing what everyone else was doing, but I was the only one getting caught. Yeah, yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, you, like this dude did it. My <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, oh, all my friends funny. would have them, but they just don't get caught. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, anything to deflect. Yep. So I went to rehab, you know, I really didn't get anything from that because I wasn't ready and my ears weren't mm -hmm. open. Um, and the rehab was in Florida and I decided okay. to stay in Florida. And that was kind of my first geographic where I thought, okay, well, if I like move here and go back to school and like get a job and meet the right guy, mm -hmm. then my life will be normal. And, um, and it just got progressively worse. I ended up, you know, a couple years later going to rehab again. And at that point there were, um, other substances, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to use uppers to drink so that I wouldn't black out. And then I needed downers to come down from the uppers. And, um, oh, you know, wow. my, my alcoholism had progressed and still I didn't, I didn't see it. And when I actually, I went to rehab and 
I convinced everybody that, you know, it was the relationship that I was in that was the problem and that I was a love mm. addict. They put me on like a love addict track or something. And, oh my um, God. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I, I was a manipulator. And yeah. so again, I, I didn't get anything out of that. I drank on the plane home. And if my parents are listening to this, I'm sure they're like, oh, like so much <laughs> money. was <laughs> Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, rehab is but- not cheap. No, no, it's not. Um, and yeah, I didn't learn my lesson. Things got worse. I mean, really bad. Uh, I had a major trauma happen where, you know, my friend was murdered and I found her and uh, yeah. And that was, um, I left Florida, you know, my parents like, yeah, they pulled me out of there and it was, um, I don't know how to say this without it was a result of hanging out with people who would do anything it took to get drugs and alcohol. You know, mm. that was the world okay. that I was, um, yeah. and it was tragic and it was really awful and I didn't know how to cope with it. So that really, really wow. kind of turning point. Um, and I just had to numb out and that's what I did for the next few years. And I ended up moving out to California, uh, uh-huh. because one of my good friends lived out here and I was just living at my parents' house after that, that event happened and I had nothing going on. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I decided a change of scenery was the solution again. And I came out absolutely California and, um, and uh, I was, I had a, a kind of dark couple of years where, you know, ultimately I ended up in detox. You know, I, I, I started out going to really nice rehabs and then I got, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, started going to detoxes and, and not so great places and, you know, still in denial. So ultimately what happened over the course of 10 years, um, mm-hmm. things would be, you know, kind of okay for a couple of years and then, it would blow up and I would go to rehab. So what ended up happening was I was living in LA with a a guy that I was in a relationship with and he, um, he couldn't deal with me anymore. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. even so much my substance use because he was using too. It was my behavior. You know, I was kind of, I, I turned into just a psycho. (laughs) I mean, I was like, how like, I, oh God, what was I doing? I mean, I was, Come on, give us I was, some psycho girl stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was acting out. I was like cheating on him right in front of his face. And, mm. um, and like, I would just black out and do crazy things. Like, yeah, I, I was like drinking one night and, you know, this was like a normal weeknight for me, just downed a couple bottles of wine and then like took a Xanax to go to bed. And he woke up in the middle of the night and I was like blackout sleepwalking and was like about to chug a bottle of bleach. Like I probably thought <gasps> it was water. It wasn't intentional, but he had to like jump out of bed and like, you know, get it out of. Um, Whoa. And that was like, there were things like that all the time. Um, and, wow. you know, I was, I was just a mess. And he, the way he put it was like, that ship was sinking and I, and I had to get out. Like he had to save himself. Yeah. Um, oh. he moved out and, and I like to say that when he moved out, 
I was kind of like the water circling the drain and and he Mm -hmm. was kind of the plug. And as soon as he left, I went down the drain so fast. There was nobody there to save me from rock bottom anymore. And at that point, I was so physically dependent on alcohol. You know, I was having seizures and I knew that I I knew I couldn't stop drinking on my own. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. I should note that I had been having seizures for years. <laughs> um, really? That's yeah, intense. And, and, yeah. And like, I would have them in public places and like, <gasps> and like I had them in restaurants and my friends would have to take me home and I would be totally like out of it. And then I would come to and I would drink. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, it was just crazy. Wow. There, nothing could Nothing could come between me and alcohol. You know, it did not matter to me. Um, yeah, not even a seizure. Nothing could hold you no. down. No. Wow. I mean, that's, that's determination right there. Yeah, um, you are relentless. <laughs> yes. So he moved out. Okay. I, you know, I, stopped, I stopped eating. I couldn't leave my apartment. I was just in so much fear of like going in public or talking to people. I had nobody in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, my neighbor happened to be a drug dealer. So he was, he was the only person in my life <laughs> at that point. And he was supplying okay. me with drugs, but, um, you know, stimulants. And then I was having seizures and I would pass out and then I would come to and do more drugs. And I, uh, 
somebody, I think my parents couldn't get in touch with me. So they called the police to do a, a welfare check. And okay. I was living in West Hollywood at the time. And they went to my apartment and they saw through the window that I was like face down on the floor <gasps> and unresponsive. So they climbed through the window and took me to the hospital. And somehow I got myself out of the hospital and went back and kept doing what I was doing. Um, what? Yeah. So finally, my parents didn't know what to do at this point. And yeah. they had the name of somebody who um, has a company. It, it's a group of uh, clinicians who work mm -hmm. as consultants. And they work with the afflicted individual and then the entire family and work with mm. them for a mom of 18 months and guide them through the recovery process. And that was kind of my parents like last ditch hope. Um, mm -hmm. So they all flew out and they showed up at my doorstep and I dropped and I had like another grand mal seizure <laughs> when they showed oh, up. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah. And they took me to the hospital and I was there for a few days until I was cleared to go to Utah um, to go to detox and ultimately go to rehab. So I was in rehab for 90, 90 days, I think. Yeah. Three okay. months. And I came back here and did another three months at like an extended care. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of my recovery journey. It's very dramatic. Wow. I'm the kind of person that like, I have to be out I have to completely be out of options for me to accept a different way of doing things. <laughs> if right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly. it sounds like you're, you're kind of, I mean, it sounds like you're very loyal, but to a default, you know what I exactly. mean? Like to the yeah. wrong thing. Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, I, I don't regret any of it. And actually it mm -hmm. was, really helpful especially in my early sobriety that it had gotten so bad because i knew that my way wasn't working and i knew yeah. i was really lucky in that like when they showed up at my door i knew it was over and i knew yeah. if i drink or use again like i just know i'll die i know that today i hope i know that tomorrow but you know it was so yeah. it was so bad that um you know, I had the gift of desperation, like people say. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm floored, like listening to your story and like watching your videos, your Instagram. And I would never, ever have guessed you were. I mean, it was that intense for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's important. You know, I don't mm -hmm. I don't tell my story be dramatic and to like try right. to get a reaction well i do it because i think i think if anyone's struggling and they look at me they probably you know think that i don't that i didn't struggle or that i don't know what it's like or that i haven't exactly. been through and i want know that like no it can get it can be really really bad and you can you can overcome it right i mean god Conversely, like it doesn't have to be that bad to get sober, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but you know, it, it, it's take something different for everybody. Yeah. Wow. That is, Ooh, that's a great story. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well, I'm so, so glad that you, you know, 
were able to realize and let go of of that, that addiction or substances. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So today, how do you how do you practice your sobriety? So, you know, I I really quickly um, got involved with people who have more time sober than I do, mm-hmm. and um, and they really guided me through like a spiritual way of living. Um, you know, I I had to learn how to be reliant on a power greater than myself. And that's been probably the most, the most important part of my recovery. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was not raised, um, religious, you know, my dad's Jewish, my mom's Episcopalian. They kind of let my brother and I do whatever we wanted. And I didn't have any spiritual connection at all whatsoever. Um, and so when I got sober and I was kind of like directed to find a power greater than myself and rely on that, it was such mm-hmm. a relief for me to um, to not have to rely on myself anymore. And, yeah. And I remember like, I remember when I was in rehab and when I surrendered and I mean, I can pinpoint the time and it was just such a profound thing because it wasn't like surrendering because I gave up. It was like surrendering mm-hmm. because, um, because I was ready to start living again. And so, you know, I, I do a lot of things to maintain contact with that power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has not steered me wrong in five years. You know, it's really amazing but I have to work on it like a relationship, like like a relationship, you know, my husband or a friend, I have to foster it. Um, So, you know, I, I usually start my day um, connecting with that power and I Mm -hmm. am not religious, but I pray and, uh, and then I meditate and I do transcendental meditation. And I just started that last fall and It's been so profound. Like I'm in that evangelist stage okay. where I'm like, it's, it's life changing. Everybody yeah. has to do it. It's amazing. <laughs> do um, it now. <laughs> yeah. But it really has been amazing. You know, you hear people talk about like prayer being like talking to something and then meditation is when you're listening. And mm-hmm. I have found that that's when I really, that's when I really I get a lot of guidance um, and it's also helped immensely with, you know, things that I've struggled with in sobriety, like anxiety and mm-hmm. namely anxiety actually. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and me too. And, yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, I will be so bold as to say that like it probably eradicated like 80% of my anxiety just within a few days of doing it really crazy yeah really okay how do you like do you do guided meditations or like what do you use how like how do you get into it so transcendental meditation is a little bit different because you have to go to a tm center and um they connect you with a teacher and you go for four days in a row just for like an hour and a half and they teach you how to do this method um and you know i know i I got interested in it because I know a lot of people in recovery who have like 
30, 40, even in the 50 years um, wow. sobriety. And they all have been doing it since like the 70s. And okay. um, so I was just so intrigued. And then my husband started doing it. And um, so you go and they teach you how to meditate basically. And the whole principle of it is that it's, it's real, it's simple and it's effortless and they mm -hmm. give you a mantra. Um, and you don't ever tell anybody your mantra. It's like a private thing. And okay. you meditate for 20 minutes twice a day in silence. And okay. it was really intimidating at first. Cause I was like, I can't sit in silence for even five minutes. Like <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> um, yes. But it's really amazing. I mean, you just go into this really restful state and, you know, it's like thoughts will come and that's okay. And you just think of your mantra and that's that. And it's really simple and it's really been really uh, incredibly effective. So, okay. That has do you get to like pick your mantra? Like, do you get to like work no. it out with the people or are they just like give, no. give you one? They give you one on your first day. Um, okay. They have a little ceremony, and in that ceremony, they give you your mantra. And I think my teacher did tell me that like some people have trouble with their mantra, and if they find that they just really can't connect with it, then they can get a different one. Um, okay, but yeah, <laughs> okay. So it's that's so I mean, cool. I really encourage people to look into it if they're not finding a form of meditation that is clicking. I know like for me, mm -hmm. I had been doing guided and I was using like headspace and mm -hmm. the Ananda app and I really liked them, but I just felt like I was listening to somebody talk. I didn't feel like I was really right. Connecting. Fitting. Yeah. Um, so that's become a, a big part, you know, just recently over the last six months. Um, cool. Yeah. I just realized that I do that, but I do it without a mantra. I do 17, wow. 17 minutes a day. Um, I just feel like, I don't know why, but 17 is like the magic number. It's uh -huh. just long enough. It's not too short. It's just, right. I don't know. Uh, so it's 17 minutes a day. And have you ever, like when you're meditating, kind of almost tilted or rested your neck? slightly back and it actually feels like you're leaving your body i know this sounds really creepy and weird <laughs> i'm gonna have to it, try it it's weird i i, I notice that if i if i kind of keep my neck like at an angle like just slightly back and and uh -huh. kind of resting i rested against my headboard uh -huh. i'm i'm not kidding you it felt like i was leaving my body like i could see Wow. my body like behind me oh, cool. <laughs> I, know, I know it sounds crazy but no, no i've heard oh I've my god it's amazing it i'm gonna have to yes. try that in my meditation i know that my husband yeah. has, has experimented with different kinds of meditation a lot over the last couple decades uh -huh. <laughs> um probably for as long as i've been alive and, <laughs> I love and he it. always when you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. 
Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. He always like tilted his head back a little bit. So like chin up. So I wonder if kind of, I wonder if he's doing that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you just slightly tilt your chin up, I'm literally like doing it. Like I'm explaining it to you. It's funny. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's doing it. Who's listening. Um, It's, but I found when I kind of rested my head against something, and like literally all the weight from my like neck, like, you know, you have, you have tension in your neck and maybe you hold a little tension in your jaw. It right. just was like gone. Oh man. Like completely gone. It was wild. That when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Speaking of your husband. How long have you guys been together? We have been together since 2016. So, okay. Coming up on two and a half years, not very long. We knew each other for about a year before we formally got into a relationship. Um, Okay. But he knows like the recovered you. Like he, he didn't get like previewed to the, to the Ariel and hurt. Let's just say. No. Um, okay. So how do you think that's like changed your relationship? Like obviously being sober has been better or what do you think? Yeah. I, so I, we started like officially dating when I guess when I had around two and a half years of sobriety and okay. um, I think anything before that, it just wouldn't have worked. You know, I, my first yeah. year. I really had to focus on my recovery. And then my second year, you know, I really, I made a point to not be in a relationship for a while because I'd never mm-hmm. been alone. Um, Me too. On my own. Very much like a relationship addict. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was always, yeah. always in a relationship with somebody. So um, I had to get to know myself first and, you know, it worked out. He, he said that I had, I made the first move (laughs) and he's if I, (laughs) yeah. And he was like, you know, it was just perfect timing because if it was any sooner, like he wouldn't have been in a place where he would have been open to it either. So it was 
like, you know, the universe was working with us mm -hmm. on that. Um, and yeah, I mean, God, if I had not been sober, I couldn't, I couldn't maintain. You probably wouldn't have seen him. Do you no, know what I mean? No. Like he wouldn't even like, like come across your radar. No. And you know, he's in recovery too. And that's kind of, that's the foundation of our relationship. Oh, um, great. Yeah. So, you know, we have the same spiritual principles and the, the same, yes. um, you know, we're growing spiritually together and mm -hmm. it's such a, a beautiful thing and a beautiful way to connect. So yeah, we wouldn't have crossed paths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. I love, I love how you explain that, that spiritual connection and you guys get to grow spiritually together. I think that's so important. And yeah. like just that connection is, oh, I mean, that is, it's priceless. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so profound. It's so unlike any other relationships that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so important. I mean, I think if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you're not growing in general, like, yikes. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to always learn and be better. Um, so it's been, you know, we're also still newlyweds. So talk to oh. me in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's, it's funny how, it's just funny how life works out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sister, tell me about it. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get, let's get over to the Blonde Files and let's talk about your cookbook and what you have going on for 2019. Yeah, well, the cookbook, that was like my my baby. Um, okay. It that I had wanted to do for a while and just the the thought of doing it was so intimidating. Yes. <laughs> so much work. You know? And I was like, God, I don't know where to start. And a girlfriend of mine, um, Kelsey Wells, who I don't know if you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you follow her. She's yeah. A trainer and she really like nudged me and she's like, just do it. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And that was kind of all I needed. You know, it's so important to surround yourself with um, people who support you like that. Yes. And and so I just kind of hunkered down at, at the beginning of last fall and, uh, and I put out the cookbook and really my intention behind it was, um, to just show people that, you know, you can eat healthily and it doesn't have to be like overcomplicated and it doesn't have to be bland. And mm -hmm. really, you know, I saw, I saw a void, like people were always messaging me saying that they can't like it's too expensive and it's too time yes. consuming and you know i i i hear that it definitely can be um so i wanted to make something that was really simple you know minimal ingredients and mm -hmm. really easy to make and things that would last for a few days so that you know busy people can make something one night and then use it different ways over the next day or two and you're getting a lot of bang for your buck out of your food, you know, instead of buying yeah. 30 ingredients for one recipe and, you know, making it for one meal. Um, 
And it gets so, boring. Like I find I, I eat the same yeah. stuff because I want to stay like, I mean, I want to stay safe. Like I, I'm like, okay, I know how to make this. And I know like this is applicable to my diet. So right. I don't, I don't veer off. And then I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I tried to include a lot of things that are kind of staples um, mm-hmm. that people can modify to make their own. And um, I was, I was really happy with it. Um, and it's all, you know, it's free of the common gut irritants. That was a huge part of my journey, especially over the last two years. Um, okay. Was, I was diagnosed like two and a half years ago with a form of colitis um, out of the blue. And, you know, I'm now uh, healed from that, but okay. it kind of, it sent me on this, this totally different journey in terms of wellness, um, all about gut health and how to heal naturally. And I've been working mm-hmm. with a nutritionist. Um, so I wanted to also include recipes that were safe for people, you know, who have sensitivities or other gut issues. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, the gut is your second brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I think ultimately the colitis diagnosis and Mm -hmm. that I was having, um, you know, bacterial overgrowths and yeast and parasites and all of that, I think it probably stems from my drug and alcohol use and it just took a, okay. a couple of years to catch up um, yeah. because that, that is so detrimental uh, to your gut. Oh, that it's really, it's really traumatic. So I've been yes. in the process of healing that and, uh, and we'll probably continue to be for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, ugh, I just think the sugar thing for me, like since yeah. I've been sober and, I mean, in general, I, my diet, I ate like a Christmas elf. Uh, it was sugar, <laughs> candy, chocolate, syrup, anything that I could get my hands on was sugar. And like, it was killing me, like my stomach and my mood actually was really yeah. affected by it. Like I was just so lethargic and oh, it was brutal. So brutal. Yeah, I kind- I cut sugar out completely, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a little over a year ago. And there were other things going on at the time with my gut, but mm-hmm. I did notice like lethargy and my mood and my energy just got so much better when I cut it out. And I still yeah. eat chocolate sweets and stuff all the time. And I have a lot of them in my book. Yeah. Um, with natural sugars, you know, but I still try to be kind of cognizant of not just replacing one thing with like another and eating, you know, s- spoonfuls of maple syrup. <laughs> just yeah. <'cause> it's natural. <laughs> I know. Okay. You got me. Full <laughs> <laughs> on just called me out. Like that was in my head. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, that's awesome. It's progress, not perfection, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do have this new, um, my new favorite chocolate. And it's only because the wrapper, if you like unwrap the chocolate, there's love notes. There's a, 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 a love note that's written out in the wrapper. 
and they're so sweet. And so I have to buy the chocolate, right? Yeah, you need that note. <laughs> I need the love. <laughs> Justify, <laughs> rationalize, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, if I can do one chocolate bar a month, that's, I was literally going through a dark chocolate bar a day. Wow. One a month. I couldn't, I, mean, I still have to do it every night. Every night? Yeah, I have chocolate okay. every night. Yeah. What kind of chocolate? But Oh, well, we would need like another hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. um, I just, I go to Erewhon. I mean, we're so lucky here with like yeah. all the options that we have. Yeah. Although I do have an Amazon store now and I'm trying to like gather Ooh. all the non-perishable, healthy, you know, clean chocolates because people ask me all the time. I have, yeah. I did like a, a what's in my fridge and what's in my pantry tour on YouTube. And oh, I love that. I yeah, and I have a huge chocolate drawer, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, what's your favorite chocolate?" <laughs> so I am, you know, there are a few. I like raw mio. I like okay. Um, kitchen. I like. I'm gonna totally draw a blank right now. Lilies. I like. Addictive I've been saying wellness. that ad addictive wellness. Yeah, I haven't tried yeah. that one yet, but that one has been getting a lot of buzz. There's one that I just found called I think Better. Better butter cups. They're like seed Ooh. butter, you know, chocolate cups, and they are to die for. Okay. Like, oh my God. That's my ultimate right now, but it changes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, one last question uh, to anyone listening to us in our conversation right now who is thinking about getting sober or on their sober journey, what advice would you give to them? Oh. That's a tough one. Um, I, I would, I would probably tell them to find people who have been sober longer than they have and mm -hmm. do what they do and just be open to it. Um, yeah. you know, that was, that was the biggest thing for me initially was being open to it and recognizing that like my life, my way, got me to where I was, you know? Um, so I had to, to listen to other people and be open to taking their suggestions. And, um, and I would also say, just give it time. I mean, people, we want instant gratification, right? And of course. That's usually <laughs> how a lot of us get to where we get in terms of alcoholism or addiction and, mm -hmm. you know, sobriety, instant gratification, but it is so gratifying in the long run. Yeah. And so, you know, I, yeah, just, just try to find other people who have, who have something that you want and do what they do and take, be open to their suggestions and, and give it time because it gets so much better. It's, you know, it can be so shitty in the beginning, but it gets yeah. so much better. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me and sharing your story. And where can we find you? Where can, you can people follow you? If they can follow me on Instagram at the blonde files with two S's because okay. somebody has. The, the one S and 
<laughs> Never going to be mine. Um, and my website is theblondefiles.com. Amazing. Okay, yeah. great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I loved chatting with you. Wow, what an intense story. I mean, now that is commitment. Drinking, having a seizure, and carrying right back on, that is intense. See, it just goes to show you, you never know what kind of struggles or trauma someone has been going through, especially people on Instagram, everyone planning to be perfect and take the perfect shot. You don't know what is happening behind the scenes or how that person got there. Um, So thankful to Ariel for sharing that amazing journey and story and sharing her wisdom with us. And just a side note, yes, I do joke around about addiction and, you know, these types of aspects and situations. The only reason why I can joke around or find the humility in them now is because, you know, they're in the past and I and the guests on the show have gone through recovery and have completely changed their path in life and are no longer living in that situation. You know, it's it's not funny definitely in in the current state of your addiction, being an active addiction is there's nothing funny about that. But I think when you have recovered and you're you know, taking steps in your recovery to change and better yourself. I think that's just a way of, of kind of healing yourself is knowing that that you're kind of over it is being able to poke fun at yourself and being able to to kind of make a joke of it or make light of it because you are not there anymore. That is not you. You're not defined by your past. So just thought I'd uh, slide that in there for you guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, couldn't do this without you. To make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide and the blog. Oh, the holy grail of recovery. Head on over to asobergirlsguide.com for every tip and trick under the sun for recovery, sobriety, mental health. We got you. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day.